so much cool stuff going on. Want to talk about the tour, obviously, and talk some uh, hometown turf and get your opinion on a couple things. But let's start off talking about the music and and this album. And I always love when I get to talk to the singer because then I can get like a little introduction for for a couple songs and wanted to hit you with a, a couple different tracks and kind of tell me a little behind the music on them. Of course, yeah, sounds like a plan. Let's uh, let's let's kick it off with uh, anti anthem. Yeah, so uh, that was uh, one of the first tracks we wrote for our uh, record, Opus Mar, that kind of, like, set the tone for everything that we did. High energy. Um, I originally, like, I started lyrically, wrote it um, basically about people that just feel like they don't fit in, uh, which I think a lot of people can relate to. And then it just, like, kind of spiraled into tons of world issues, um, everything from Syrian refugee thing was happening, um, we were having, like, you know, all these discussions about, you know, what it meant to, like, take a knee in the NFL and all these anthony types of themes <laughs> going on in, in the world. So it kind of almost took on a life of its own. It's crazy how music does that and how it fits so many different facets of life. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know, I get a lot of my inspiration for this record was uh, with just current events and stuff happening in the world around me i was doing a lot of traveling at the time so it was kind of cool getting like lots of different perspectives from different people and uh yeah so it kind of that's kind of where we started was with anti-anthem love it love it and uh you know <laughs> kind of curious it doesn't sound like it at all but when i read the title it always makes me think of pantera and mouth for war but the tune move mountains because there's that lyric in in pantera's mouth for war it says i move mountains with less and so every time i see yours move mountains it always makes me think of pantera cool. but probably the so, furthest thing from your mind when you're writing that tune oh well i love pantera but i mean move mountains uh basically just kind of uh spawned out of my guitarist's mouth, actually, um, just the phrasing of it in the song, how he thought it would kind of be a cool dancing, doing like the "I can move, I can move" with the uh, with the uh, syllables there, and then it, and then what ended up happening with that track was we got to work with one of my favorite vocalists, yeah, from a band called Skindred out of UK, yeah, um, which that band pretty much inspired Simo Psycho to even start as a band, so it was pretty wild to get him to be part of the track. And it kind of, you know, another thing that happened after we wrote it, but then the song took on a whole new meaning for me, being like, yeah, we can move mountains. I was able to get, you know, my, one of my favorite vocalists ever to get on this track. So, you know, you got to put in the effort, believe in yourself, and, and magic can happen. So, yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, that, it's a perfect marriage, the two of you, and you guys play off of each other so well. And they just put out a new album, killer new album. I love that tune. That's my jam. Cool. Good yeah, stuff. for sure. No, those guys are awesome. We just played with them um, a couple months ago at Hammerfest out in uh, Wales in UK. And Benji came on stage and did the song with us for the first time, so that was pretty rad. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely. If, if any of your listeners haven't checked out that band, they gotta gotta check out Skindred. Yeah, I'll play some Skindred along with you guys. And uh, you know, another kind of anthem, uh, "Kids of Calamity." Cool. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that one. That one. Um, kind of been a sleeper underground one but i've had a few different uh, people bring it up in one of their faves um for for me lyrically that tracks just kind of about how we've basically just been um you know one disaster after another another is kind of how the human race has kind of thrived and survived and it's about you know perseverance um and we are you know just a bunch of people that have survived a lot of crazy stuff um 
And I think people can feel that in their day-to-day lives and in a, in a broader sense. But for me, it's about um, taking that kind of maybe there's negative stuff going on and figuring out how to, you know, better ourselves, better, our, you know, our communities. And uh, the first lyric that pops in there is, let's start a movement. And I think I was really inspired by a lot of um, people just out there t- trying to take change into their own hands and, and be the, the voices that sometimes it's hard to be, you know, the first ones going out there and putting your neck on the line. But if you believe in it, you should do that. So that's kind of where that, that track started out. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of different vibes in that song from verse to chorus and I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's cool. And, and, and like I said, totally an anthem and, um, loving that and excited to get to see all these tunes live. We'll get you on the Kings and Queens tour with, uh, Nonpoint and Butcher Babies and Kane Hill at the world famous Whiskey A Go-Go on July, was it June 13th? Yeah, we're stoked for that show, but yeah, I have to correct you. There's one, uh, Kane Hill, unfortunately had to drop out of the tour due to an injury so now we got Dan oh, no. Islander with us oh okay and so they'll be seeing Islander uh we wish our boys in Cane Hill the best but Islander is a great band so show will be awesome regardless and uh yeah can't wait to to meet everyone there have you played the whiskey before I have played there way a couple you know like a year and a half ago um, and it ended up being a wild night that night <laughs> I ended up babysitting a bunch of drunks oh no <laughs> it was my friend's birthday and it was just like yeah um in america i find that the shots are a lot bigger here everything's <laughs> bigger in america but including the shots and yeah that can mean trouble yeah let's talk a little uh, uh hometown turf you're are you from the bands from uh hamilton ontario canada where is that where you're from too yeah, so I didn't grow up in Hamilton. I live outside of Hamilton now, but I grew up just north of Toronto, so I've been in the area. But yeah, I live in um, actually an old converted church that me and the guitarist bought and turned into our home studio and where we do our music videos. Oh, wow. And uh, that's just like sitting outside Hamilton there. So yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool place. It's a good scene, you know? That's cool to hear. And then I, do you get into sports at all and like Maple Leaves or Blue Jays or anything? <laughs> well, I... I am always rooting for the hometown, so I'm always, uh, you know, grew up uh, with the Jays and the Leafs and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I'm not like a super sports fan. I think my brother would be more like uh, bummed about what happened with the Raptors this season, all that stuff. So, <laughs> but I, I'm like the artsy side. I, I'm horrible at sports, not coordinated at all. But I'll, I'll, uh, I can enjoy a good game and and root for the home team. That's for sure. And, you know, speaking of influence, you were talking earlier about Benji being an influence, and one of the things I love about your band it, it, that you bring to it is that ska and metal influence. But I also definitely get a, a, a big influence and in the best possible way of, of Gwen Stefani coming through you. Cool. That's, you know, what I I really wanted to bring to the table basically uh, something that could be melodic, could feel like have that, you know, Gwen kind of fun girl power side and then also kind of on the other side of it rip people's heads off. So for me, I'm I'm all about kind of embodying um, who I am in the music, of course. So for me, I'm definitely can be a girl's girl, but I can also, you know, run with the boys at like the best of them. So for me, it's, you know, taking the, the most feminine and masculine energy channeling them into my set and but Gwen would be a great example of someone that I definitely looked up to loved 
just a girl and how badass that was and she started doing push-ups on stage in front of everyone <laughs> and uh, it's definitely a huge inspo yeah i feel like you got like her, her like uh, i'm not a musician so i don't know but like almost like her same like rhythm on uh, sometimes with with your lyrics like i feel her channeling through you it's cool to see yeah, well, sometimes my guitarist, Matt, who co-writes and, and we produce all the tracks ourselves, if we're, like, ever stuck in the studio and he's like, okay, what are we going to do with this part? He'd be like, okay, what would Gwen do? Here? <laughs> and then I'll try something. And he's like, what would Benji do here? And then we'll try something. And I'll just, like, name off different artists. You know, what would Nicki Minaj do in this spot? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're, pull, you're pulling some hard, hard balls out for me. But it actually really helps me think outside of the box of where I can my brain immediately goes to in a certain for a certain part of a song um if you kind of put your your mindset into like a, another artist and kind of do it in their style and see and see what it comes comes out in you you know yeah no that's what that's what influences are there for is to you know pull inspiration from and you know speaking of kind of like Gwen and stuff i want to get your opinion have you been to the warp tour are you bummed that that's kind of calling it a career at the end of this year yeah you know we did like four or five years straight in Toronto playing the World Tour of Toronto. And then we did 2015, we were on Warp Tour and played um, with the John Lennon songwriting bus, which was pretty awesome. Um, it was one of my favorite uh, experiences because they, uh, they let us record on their bus uh, while we were on the tour. So we got to not only do um, some of our originals, but we got to write a song for one of their foundations and, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm about the work tour is wrapping up, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it might not completely be over just the, the full on cross America thing, but we might see it pop up again. Who knows? I have faith. And a little, maybe, maybe just a little bit more regional, just kind of do a chunk of shows here, a chunk of shows there. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I grew up going to work tour, and I know my guitarist even went to work tours even before I did. So it's definitely kind of a. I don't know, right of passage for people in, in this kind of genre to go and experience what that thing is like. And it, it changed a lot, you know, for the scene and and uh, how, how kids, like, you know, would discover new bands and stuff. So, yeah, sad to see it kind of, like, have a little bit of a, a an, an end. But like I said, I have, I have faith that it'll still be around in some capacity. I was trying to think, I wanted to get from you, like, what would, who would be, like, the kind of quintessential Warp Tour band? When you think of Warp Tour over all the years, who's kind of, like, that first band that comes to mind? Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, like, I remember uh, some of, like, my influences when I went, you know, I was, I'm, like, super into the punk and stuff. That's what uh, Maddie came to see with, like, the Bad Religions and Rancids and No Effects. And then, um, from that, I felt like it kind of a war. Like for me, I, I'm uh, friendly with one of the dudes, and every time I die, and they played so many warp tours. Yeah, they have. Um, my buddy Legs, who played with them for a bunch of years, played in Sumo Psycho for a bit when we first started. Um, they played so many years, and like having that side. And then I also remember going to Warp, and and it was the first time I ever saw or even heard of Paramore, and that was kind of like I was like, okay, wow, this is crazy. What I saw, how many kids were were lined up for that and i you know blackfield bride same thing i would i would go and i'd be like shocked at like how did i not know this existed when there's like thousands of kids screaming their heads off <laughs> and uh you know it always it always took me by surprise at like which which ones were like you could tell when they were gonna break onto the scene when uh when i'd go to warp to, at, at seeing how, how big the crowds were for the band so 
Yeah, I mean, so many yeah, bands. Lots, lots of great bands. So many bands over the years really did break from playing Warped Tour. Like, they were kind of building a buzz, and then once the world got to see it, it and then it exploded from there. So many bands did that. Yeah, I remember seeing, like, Katy Perry was playing. Right. And I remember her just, like, making jokes over the mic for, like, I think she was one of her early, or, or super early times before she, like, you know, had hit it super big. But, you know, it's yeah, so many people just, like, kind of learned the ropes there and, and touring and... um very cool festival. Yeah. An end of an era, but maybe not so much, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, let me get your opinion on a, a couple of things, Sky, and I appreciate all the time having having fun talking here. And we're all, that's a great thing about musicians and music fans. Like, we're all fans of this stuff. So I always kind of like to try to try to learn from people and kind of pin them down and make them pick who their favorites would be. And it's kind of play like little games, you know, drinking games with friends. And uh, so I got a couple here for you that I wanted to, wanted to run okay. by you. So a couple of years ago, there was kind of the big rage about the big four of, of thrash metal. It was Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer and Anthrax. They were kind of like the definitive thrash metal legends. And it got me thinking of kind of what would be the next kind of phase after those guys. If those guys are the 80s, it's, you know, now that the 90s are 20 plus years, it's kind of look at the 90s. And so I kind of came up with the 90s staple and calling it the Flannel Five. Okay, the Flannel Five. I like it. So here's in the Flannel Five. It's Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. And then I would ask you... Who would be your number one off of that list and why? Uh, I got to say Nirvana. And I just, I don't know. It's like just just the song, It Smells Like Teen Spirit, feels like it, it could all encapsulate that entire flannel thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to this day, every time that song comes on, even people that don't even, you know, like you know, rock grunge music, they will be singing along and jumping around. So I think when a song can like go beyond just those people that are in that genre and kind of transcend that, that to me is like, you know, that's okay. That's big. That's like, you know, that's making a a huge statement in not just the scene, but in, you know, culture itself. So I'd have to say Nirvana for that one. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with it. If you could, if you could pin that time period down to one tune, that would certainly be it. Yeah. And cool. And then let me get you on the next one. So we move from the 90s, start trying to think about the 2000s and kind of the big phase for 2000s musically was new metal. Yeah. And so I'm trying to kind of not still trying to work out all the details on the new metal one. But the kind of working one right now is the the new metal six pack. And for this grouping, we have Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine. Corn, Lincoln Park, Slipknot, and then I'm a little, I'm a little hazy on the sixth one. I'm not sure if it should be like Disturbed or Papa Roach or System mm. of a Down or maybe even Stained or Seven Dust. I'm a little, little hazy on the this. Yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, well, I mean, who would be my who, favorite out of the ones you mentioned to add? Would System? I love System of a Down. Yeah, see, yeah. that would be one too. Yeah, I, I feel like like the fact that even their music got even in the door to be like played because it was so to me kind of wild and wacky yeah um, on what they were doing uh is awesome and it was like a sign of a really cool time when 
you know, their songs would be able to be played on the radio. But I'm also, like, Rage Against the Machine is, like, one of my all-time fave, fave bands. Um, I literally just yesterday reposted a cover that, like, this brass band did of... Um, of one of their tracks and it, it's so sick and I, I don't know I just I was actually talking to my bassist today at breakfast about how um, we were talking about vocalists and I was like it's not always about like your your singing abilities it's kind of sometimes about your conviction yeah. while you're singing that can sell something and have way more of an impact than just you know you're technically a great vocalist or you have a great tone and and to me, when I listen to Rage, I get my blood, my blood starts pumping. Like, I automatically want to, like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, get them. Like, I just, I have that energy inside that, like, you know, that music, you know, the real emotion that it can, can completely uh, transform while you're listening to it. That's, that, to me, is, like, the ultimate power of music. So when I listen to that band, I just get, like, super pumped. I want to, like, just, like, take on the world. So, yeah, I guess that would be my favorite out of as the uh, new metal guys. Yeah, I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Zach De La Rocha is not winning American Idol. He's not winning any singing contests. But at the same token, when you listen to him sing, you believe every word he says and you can't sit still. So, like, that's yeah, way exactly. more impactful. Hey, it, just to have some fun on the radio, pick a, pick a Raging It's a Machine tune for me. Oh, let's do um, Bulls on Parade. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with that one. And uh, lastly, curious, I, I, I might be too old here, but one thing that I always complain about on the radio and I miss from kind of today is the marriage of movies <clears throat> and music. I thought it was like peanut butter and jelly when you would have those killer like movie soundtracks. And I feel like that's something missing, like Hollywood and, and music should team back yeah. up again. There were so many cool ones like at, like Lincoln Park and the Transformers movie. And even going back further, it was like Guns N' Roses and Terminator 2 with You Could Be Mine. <laughs> but I'm kind of curious, do you, do you have a favorite soundtrack that you used to rock? Oh, man, so many good ones. But one, the one that comes to mind is uh, one of my favorite movies, Tank Girl. Oh, my had, God. Like, really dope soundtrack. And um, every time I listen, I listen to that movie, like, I just, it's like total jams. And I, I, there's also this one compilation that I had. That I'm trying to remember if it was a movie soundtrack or what it was. But I remember it, the fact that whoever curated that playlist or playlist back then it wasn't a playlist. It's just a, a mixed CD, but you know, it was just like the best songs and helped me discover so many bands of my favorite bands like refused, um, was on that, was on that compilation. So, but, but true, there's the only movie recently that comes to kind of mind is baby driver, because I know that there was something, I don't know the whole story, but they, the music kind of really inspired how that whole movie even, you know, happened with huh. the all the car racing and everything so i guess some, some story i heard about like the producers listening to the movie the music and i kind of like um they actually gave everybody who was uh reading for the brawls the entire soundtrack uh to listen to while they read the script oh and wow wanted them to listen to the music while they read the script that's um, a trippy that's cool that, that pace of like what the music was going to be while, while the scenes were unfolding, which I thought was kind of crazy. You don't hear about, you know, music having that big of a, a role in, you know, the filmmaking, but that to me is super cool. Yeah. I think that that's how they kind of came up with even the scenes, you know, it's like, it's like me when I'm writing music and I come up with, um, 
a music video kind of in my head. You know, it's a music that's triggering everything that's happening within the within the, the visuals, right? Yeah. Which, um, you know, movies usually work the other round, you, you know, where it's like you have to, the composer has to come in and like fit the songs or the, or the music to what's happening, right? Rather than the other way around. But yeah, I think that's kind of an, an interesting uh, effort, you know, for someone to, to listen to the soundtrack before they even, you know, finish uh, doing their shot list. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Uh, I'd like to hear more of that going on. Hey, what was on What was on Tinker? What was some of the jam? That was that Lori Petty, right? Or Lori? Uh... Yeah, it was. It was like they did uh, Army of Me uh, by Bjork. That's like one of my favorite <laughs> all-time um, songs. Like just she's such a creative artist, but that's like one of, to me, one of like the most badass kind of like girl power and the video. Oh my God. Talk about music videos. Um, <laughs> I think it's Michael Gondry who directed that with the big like monster truck. Have you seen that one? Uh uh-uh. Yeah. It's like, she's driving a huge dump truck and then she like gets like stuff out of the engine and it's all, Oh my God. It's like a kind of a warped, a fairy tale video, but all Bjork's videos are, yeah. are absolutely <laughs> exceptional as far as visuals go. But um, yeah, and Tank Girl, it's uh, kind of uh, one of those things that I just fell in love with the comics. And then my guitar player was like, "Oh yeah, there's a movie." I know. I don't think the creators actually really liked. I know it's uh, Jamie Hewlett who does the Gorillas art was the original comic book uh, artist for Tank Girl. Um, I don't think he was like a huge fan of the movie because they kind of did things on their own plane. But yeah. um, but the uh, the artwork, obviously, I love the gorillas artwork as well. But he, yeah, he did the original Tank Girl artwork, and that that whole movie visually uh, did inspire um, me when I was doing um, pop music when I was a teenager. That's kind of one of the main um, visual references I've I've always had for like loving that post-apocalyptic kind of badass girl on a tank except i grew up around bulldozers so my tank was a bulldozer instead oh very cool kind of a more of a mad max vibe yeah for sure like yeah i love post-apocalyptic stuff but yeah my family's in the in the rock and quarry industry so i grew up around like heavy machinery so i didn't have the tanks but i i had the the big loaders and and bulldozers so i i drive that around and pretend i was tank girl that's rad. Can you, can you actually <laughs> drive them? You know how to actually move them around? Yeah. Wow. Yep. One of my music videos, I use them, and I actually brought a bulldozer all the way downtown Toronto one year to try. <laughs> this is a horror story for me. When I was trying to premiere one of my things at, uh, in Canada, we have a, a channel, or did have a channel called Much Music, which had a, an annual music video award, kind of like MTV did, right. does or whatever. And uh, everybody kind of arrives in cool rides. And I thought, what, what wouldn't it be cool if I arrived on the red carpet in a bulldozer? So I, like, commissioned this guy to bring this whole thing down. And, and I, co- I, like, customized this bulldozer so it had, like, speakers all over it and, like, painted. <laughs> it was, like, super rad. And then we got down there, and the thing was too big to turn around in the spot that they needed it to turn around in order to get to the red carpet area. So I didn't get to oh no on the red carpet. I was, like, so gutted. It was, like worst day ever <laughs> uh, all that effort and then to not have it happen what a bummer i know i know but yeah but yeah i do i do think uh visuals like for i don't know if you've had the chance to check out some of Psycho's music videos but we're like massive b and c horror movie fans and all of our videos we direct and produce ourselves um and they all kind of connect to each other so for us the visuals um 
you know, are such a huge aspect in what we do. We spend almost as much time working on our videos as we do our music. So having, you know, the kind of uh, that whole scene of something, you know, where you can not only listen to the music, you know, see the kind of cool storylines we worked in, know the characters, you know, have kind of a cool visual style. That's all very important to what we are as a band and our brand. So um, I, I highly recommend if anybody's listening to, to check out the YouTube channel because that's where we kind of uh, pride ourselves at, at kind of being our weirdest, wackiest selves. <laughs> well, no, it's cool. It makes the music like 3D that way. And I have seen some of the videos. It's cool. Like there's kind of a, a train theme running through a couple like Anti-Anthem and a, and a couple other ones, Passengers and some yeah, other stuff. So that's, that's, yeah, the theme of our second record was all about this train called Opus R, which is the name of our record. And it was highly inspired by a movie called Snowpiercer, if anybody has seen it, um, hmm. with Chris Evans. Um, and I really like the idea of each train car having a completely different vibe. So that's kind of how the music video started off was each uh, train car was going to represent a song mm. on the open bar and each train car could have a completely different vibe. So when it's kind of like the stark white office room for a song called um, uh, Sleep Tight, we had like an old school dining car, which is from Free Yourself. We had the engine room, which is anti-anthem. So yeah, it's all kind of themed within within this train idea. And uh, it was fun. I always like to have fun with the fans. Like we, we issued tickets when the rec- when the record first dropped, so people could get like a sneak preview if they had the ticket to get, to ride the train. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah. So I make I make like little treasure hunts online too. Um, for that one, it was like you had to like go to the certain Facebook page and know, and figure out the train times to know like when you could like log into this one spot so you could see the video. So it was all kind of like this little um, treasure hunt online. Kind of Willy Wonka. But, yeah. Yeah, no, for me, it's like about having fun and it's about going like I'm a big geek when it comes, like I was saying, with comic books and movies and all that stuff. So to me, if I could bring that into my world that I love with music, it's all the better. So but we have like some pretty cool fans that have like picked up on a lot of the characters and um, they'll even come in some of my outfits that I've worn in the videos and stuff to the shows. So it's it's fun. It's yeah, it's like if if I had it my way, it would totally be like the Rob Zombie type production <laughs> that we would do um, at the whiskey for you guys. But uh, we're still, you know, starting off. So budgets are low right now, but we're getting there. And we'll <laughs> eventually I'll have like big, crazy, you know, smoke shows and, That'd and be rad. Uh, you know, all different people running around the stage. Hey, like the one time I made I made my brother chase me around in a costume once at one show. He was <laughs> playing one of the characters from a music video. And um, one of the fans got so, so into it that she started beating him. Oh, my gosh. He was playing the villain of one of, one of, one of our uh, music videos. We called the character The Ugly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so she, when she saw him chasing me, she literally went after him as if she was like, chasing down a, a thief or something. I was like, girl, she laughed. <laughs> Relax, it's all theater. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, Rob Zombie, that's a that's a cool tour that's going on this summer. We were talking earlier about the Warp Tour. Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson teaming up. If you had to pick one of those yeah. guys, who would you pick? Oh, I gotta I gotta go with Rob. I mean, I, I totally admire Marilyn Manson for everything that he's been able to push the boundaries on. I think that's super rad. But I'm just like. Um, singing in my Dracula. I was just singing that the other day. That's burn, rad. The witches burn. I love that track. 
So, yeah. yeah. The, and he and and I actually had the chance to see him live, and unfortunately couldn't make it last minute, which totally sucks because my guitarist said it was one of the. He was just like such an awesome front man, and just like was moving around the stage like Mick Jagger. Oh yeah. And uh, and for me, I, I would have loved to see that. Like I said, I love the theatrics, so it sucks that I got I had to miss that show. But ah. um, but yeah, maybe maybe I could catch this tour this time around. Who knows if I'm if I'm not on the road. Hopefully, oh, well, hopefully you are on the road. Hopefully you're touring with him one day. Even better. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, Sky, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. It's been a blast talking to you. All right. Sounds good, dude. See you then. Take care. Thanks, Sky. Bye-bye. Bye.